This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent his own son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The Holy Gospel, John's Gospel, chapter 1, the basis for the sermon today. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than these. He then added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. He was lying there trying to fall asleep. Counting sheep didn't work for him. He didn't have any of those. Not yet. A time would come when he'd have more sheep than he could count, whether he was sleeping or awake, but that time was not today. Today, he had almost nothing. The clothes on his back and the staff in his hand. He had crossed the wrong guy. No longer welcome in his hometown, no longer welcome in his own home. He was on the run. And so he went out into the countryside, wondering what the next move might be. Day turned to night, and he knew that he needed to get some rest. He wasn't sure how safe it was to get said rest, but he knew that he needed it. And so Jacob found a place where he could lay his head to sleep. Jacob was on the run. No cozy pajamas to wear, no slippers to slip on his feet, no warm blanket to snuggle in, just a rock for a pillow and the open night sky. He wasn't sure what he would see when he opened his eyes again. He actually wasn't sure if he would open his eyes again. Yet he closed his eyes and slept. And perhaps you know what he saw. 
Even before the morning came, even before he opened his eyes to the dawn of a new day, God blessed him to be able to see something. God brought him an amazing vision that night in his sleep. It's recorded for us in Genesis chapter 28. Jacob had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Close to 2,000 years later, another man, a descendant of Jacob, needed rest. He was suffering from the opposite problem that we are collectively struggling with today. Nathaniel was too hot, looking for a place to cool down. And so he did what many of his contemporaries would do. He found a tree that would cast a good amount of shade, and that's where he spent the middle portion of the day. The hot sun from the Mediterranean noontime was, was baking down up, upon him, but he found reprieve there in the shade of a fig tree. Many would do something similar, find a tree in order to study the scriptures or to ponder the promises of God or to pray. Perhaps that's what Nathaniel was doing. We're, we're not sure, but Jesus was. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing, and that's why Jesus commended him for his actions. And Nathaniel's response is telling, too. Nathaniel responds with more than just casual surprise that Jesus took notice of him. Nathaniel knew that Jesus knew what he was doing. He knew that Jesus was one who was reading his mind and, and, and reading his heart, that he knew his intentions that day. And Nathaniel knew what that meant about Jesus. That's why he said, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. <coughs> Jesus said to Nathaniel, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. Then he added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You think that's impressive? Jesus said to Nathaniel, just you wait. You haven't seen anything yet. You're going to see what your father Jacob saw. And by God's grace, that's what we'll see too. So heed Philip's encouragement to come and see, rub shoulders with Nathaniel and marvel at the Messiah. God is speaking to us today. And you haven't seen anything yet. Together, we're going to witness wonderful things. Let's seize the opportunity that our Savior affords us today to come and see heaven opened. 
Jacob was amazed when he woke up from the dream that God had given him. Listen to the way that he responds. How awesome is this place, Jacob said. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. He called the place Bethel because that's a word that means house of God. Nathaniel was amazed. Was amazed at the promises that Jesus was making to him, at, at Jesus' interaction with him. This man reads minds. This man knows my heart. What else can this Jesus do? And you see, Jesus didn't make Nathaniel wait for very long. Three days later, he invited the disciples to join him to a village called Cana. There, Jesus was invited to celebrate with a, a husband and his, and his new bride, invited there to a wedding, and the disciples tagged along. He gave them an opportunity, a front row seat, to see his compassion and his mercy and his power as Jesus saved this couple from the horrible embarrassment of having run out of wine. You can imagine the disciples' jaws on the floor as they saw what happened. This man can turn water into wine. Jesus wasn't slow in keeping his word. They are ready. The disciples are ready. We're seeing greater things. God made an amazing promise to Jacob. He similarly made an amazing promise to Nathaniel. But do you know what makes those promises even more amazing? It's that he would make them to Jacob and to Nathaniel. Jacob, remember, got this vision while he was running away, not just from, from Esau. He really deserved to be running away from the Lord as well. You see, God is, was more than clear with Jacob and with his mother, Rebekah, that Jacob would be the one who would receive the promise, that Jacob would have this special blessing from the Lord, but neither one of them was able to be still and know that he was God. Neither one of them trusted or clung to, to that promise. Both of them thought maybe God needs help. Maybe God needs us to take the first steps in order for him to keep his word. Jacob got himself into the predicament where he needed to run from Esau, but he really ought to have been running from God as well. How about Nathaniel? A doubter? A skeptic? Kind of a sarcastic snot? Nazareth? What good can come from Nazareth? You and I know the answer that the greatest thing ever came from Nazareth, but Jesus should have responded to Nathaniel, nothing, nothing for you, nothing for you can, good, can come from Nazareth that is good. The only thing coming from Nazareth for you is a righteous judge to give you what your sins deserve. But what about you? Isn't it amazing when our God comes to us? You see, we've committed the same sins, and we have the same flaws. We doubt the promises that God makes to us every single day. We know clearly what he says to us in his word, and yet we allow our emotions, we allow our experience, we allow our human reason to get in the way and to cause us to doubt whether or not God can do what he says that he can do. 
We wonder whether he cares enough to step in, whether he's even listening when we pray. And how about our misplaced hope? We put our hope in the life that we have created for ourselves and the things that we have accumulated instead of the one who has given us life, instead of the one who has given us all things. Or how about the times that the Phillips in our life say, come and see, come and see Jesus, and yet we decline the opportunity. We opt instead for a few extra hours of sleep on a Sunday morning. Worship becomes a matter of convenience instead of a precious and protected time that we get to encounter with our God. We have lots of opportunities here at Grace to join together with brothers and sisters to be in his word Sunday morning Bible study, midweek opportunities, Grace groups, in-home Bible studies during the week. The list goes on. There are limitless opportunities for us to have a private devotional life, but how often don't we slide those opportunities to the side in, some, in favor of something that's far less beneficial? We're more like Jacob and Nathaniel than we care to admit. Just like them, we deserve punishment. We deserve to be on the run from God, chasing us with his righteous wrath. We deserve to be blind from him and what he is and has done for us. But yet we have a God who comes to people just like you and like me and like Jacob and Nathaniel. God didn't smash Jacob's head on the rock and God didn't send a wind to topple the fig tree on top of Nathaniel. Instead, God came to them. They had the opportunity to see Jesus, one in the form of a promise, the other face to face. And we have that same forgiveness and love too. We have a savior who stopped at nothing to win for us forgiveness and life. We have a savior who calls to us in his grace, come and see, come and see the great things I have done for you. Come and see what I have prepared for you and those who love me. And then Jesus surrounds us with Philips. Philips who say, come and see. Come and see and taste and touch and experience the love of God in Christ. Come and marvel at what our Savior has done for us. Come and see his amazing grace. Come and be reminded of the perfect life that Jesus lived for you. Come and celebrate his willing sacrifice that you have a Savior who loved you more than life itself. Come and see Jesus. Come and see sins forgiven. Come and see heaven opened. As Jesus was on the cross, if you're really looking, you see what's really happening there. You see heaven opened, not just to receive Jesus' spirit, but to receive your own You see a payment price accepted. You see the sins of the world forgiven. You see yourself there becoming a child of God. Yes, Jesus' tomb was opened to receive his body, and it was closed behind him, but it didn't stay that way for very long. 
Three days later, the tomb was opened again. The stone was rolled away so that his disciples could see something greater than that, so that his disciples could see an empty tomb and a living Savior so that they could see promise, promises, the greatest of promises, fulfilled. One day your grave will open to receive your body and it will be shut behind you. But it won't stay that way for very long either. On the last day when our Savior returns to gather the living and and raise the dead, your grave will be opened and your Savior Jesus will say, you'll hear him say, come. Come and see heaven open. Come and experience resurrection glory. Do you sometimes have doubts? Have doubts as to whether or not these promises are for you? Do you sometimes think that maybe your life should should look a bit different? If so, let me invite you to come and see heaven opened. When water dripped down your forehead and a minister's words echoed in your ears, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Do you know what was happening there? Do you know what happens every time a sinner approaches the baptismal font? Come and see heaven opened. Their children are claimed and adopted into the family of God. Their sins are forgiven. Their people made heirs of everlasting life. Come and see heaven opened. It really is a, quite a simple thing. This meal that we're about to receive, one bite of bread and one sip of wine, but do you know what's really happening? Come and see heaven opened. Jesus' body offered and his blood shed a foretaste of the heavenly banquet, the forgiveness of sins that connects you to God and to one another as a church, militant here on earth and triumphant through the promise of Jesus' victory. Come and see heaven opened. God is at work for his people and through his people. God is using us and showing us great, great things. And that means that our lives can be those that are lived in confident hope. Heaven stands open to us and to all who believe. Come and see when life gets hard come and see Jesus as your strength and your shield when tragedy strikes come and see the Lord of life and the victor over death when life is going well and blessings are abundant see Jesus there too and praise God from whom all blessings flow You know, this section of scripture is preaching to more than just your eyeballs. We can be a Philip, too. We can encourage others to come and see. We don't have to win any arguments. We don't have to defend any truths, but we can do what Philip did. We can say what Philip said. Come, come and see Jesus. And then we can step back and watch the Holy Spirit work. He's the one who changes hearts. He's the one who forgives sins. He's the one who opens eyes so that they might see what we are able and 
forever blessed to be able to see. Come and see heaven open to you and to me and to all who believe. It's a glorious sight. Amen. Please stand. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. And the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.